Hello, East Tennessee, and welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI, and Thanksgiving's coming up next week. Hard to believe. I guess the 23rd is kind of an earlier day for Thanksgiving. It seems like it's early this year, but uh, it's hard to believe the holidays are almost upon us. So we're about to kick off all that fun, delicious food, beautiful decorations, uh, spending time with our loved ones. It's the year to time. It's the time of the year to really focus on joy and on family. Uh, however, sometimes family dynamics, especially during the holidays, can be very stressful. <laughs> Not everyone has a Hallmark movie family. Uh, most families have some sort of complicated dynamics. <laughs> oh boy, that's for sure. P- personality conflicts. Uh, sometimes there can p- be pent-up resentment or difficult relatives, and this can sometimes make us dread certain things in the holiday season. So I'm, today I'm thrilled to be joined by two ladies who are here to discuss the complicated fam- family dynamics and the challenges we face during the season and ways to cope with stress. Our first guest is April Ella. She has her Master in Clinical Mental Health Counseling and is in private practice at Ebenezer Counseling in Knoxville. Uh, April loves working with teens, college students, couples, and women of all ages. Her clinical interests include helping clients through marriage and family relationships, life transitions, and aging concerns, as well as anxiety, depression, and self-harm. April, welcome back to More Living. Thank you, Jim. It's good to be here. It's great to have you with us. Let's kind of dive right in. The holidays are supposed to be a magical time. Uh, it's a great time to get be getting together. We do gift giving. We celebrate people and relationships. But it can also be a time of stress. And, and usually people do feel more stress in the holiday season. How do we set our priorities this season? Yeah, that's a good Good question. I think um, it is. It's true. We get we get busy. We get stressed. We get anxious. We kind of a lot of times, even for all the right reasons, right? We're excited about the holidays and being together. Um, but I think we really do have to kind of start with, you know, what what I call you know coping ahead, um, thinking ahead about what is what's that going to look like every year. Each holiday is different. Um, each dynamic is different depending on who's going to be there. You know, uh, some years you have the whole family, some years it's a different mix. Um, so I think really sitting down with yourself first and foremost and starting to think about what are those expectations that I have, um, for my time that's going to be spent over the holiday. You know, have I decided what it's going to look like, who we're going to spend it with, um, how much time we're going to spend with those people and, really starting to think about maybe some of those, um, you know, triggers or things that kind of pop up for you individually that might kind of put you in a place that feels like, oh, this doesn't feel, you know, manageable. At this yeah, point. I find it, it um, I find it, it, it's important, especially when you get extended families involved and you're dealing with all the places we have to be to be mentally prepared for those things. And, I tend to be a little bit Clark Griswold in that I, you know, I want things to be perfect, you know, and then you're kind of setting yourself up for failure, I think. But when when we have lots of family places to be during the holidays, it really can be 
a, a big source of stress with all the family stuff. How do we blend our families, our traditions, and all the obligations we have to all those different people? Yeah, I think part of that, you know, planning ahead is really starting to, after we decide, hey, this is how this is going to look for us this year, because every year's different. I think um, it's making those expectations known to our family members. It's always the unspoken things that kind of get in the way because, you know, mom may have in her mind what the holiday is going to look like for her and, you know, daughter or son may have it in their mind what it's going to look like for them and their family, you know. So I think a lot of it is what's unspoken. And so just like with any relationship, if we don't talk about it, you know, out loud, they don't know what, what our expectation is for how we're going to spend our time, then that's where the hurt feelings come in or um, – I think all families revert back when they get together. There's a little bit of that, like regressing and, and kind of like falling into these roles that maybe we had um, throughout our life with our family of origin. So there's a little bit of that to be expected. But again, it's like thinking ahead. How does this normally affect me? What can I do to think ahead and, and, and deal with this thing that pops up and, and feels hard for me? Like, you know, is Am I going to make sure that my husband checks in with me, you know, when he sees like, oh, she's got that look on her face or, hey, do we need to go take a walk right now? But, yeah, I think overall really kind of maybe communicating to our family members like, hey, we only plan to do this this year. I think communication, I think that's a great point because sometimes – I have in my head the way I want certain things to go, and then yeah. my wife's going to, Dee's going to have in her head the way she wants certain things to go. And if we're not communicating that, I, also with the blending of all the in laws and all that kind of stuff, that yeah. can be so stressful. Yeah. And I think we learned early on hey, you did, you know, you handle the information that goes to your family. I'll handle the information that goes to my family because if I say no, or I say we can't do that, or we can do that to her family, it's not as well-received as if she says it. Yeah. And it's just reality. They yeah. say, you know, oh, Jim, you're our child too, and and the, and I am, but it's still different with yeah. in-laws, I think. Yeah, I think so. And, and, and people, again, they have expectations and their, their emotions. For some reason, the holidays, I think it's because we do, at the end of the day, really value that time together with our with our loved ones or we want it to be something that we really enjoy and look back on fondly so it kind of builds or bubbles up and there's just so much you know that's carried with that so yeah i think it just being kind to yourself and being kind to to those that you care about to kind of communicate hey this is what this is looking like this year we can only spend you know an hour with you you know on this day because we've got to go to so and so's house as well or hey, we, we can bring the turkey if you do this. I mean, I think a lot of it is just communicating so there's not these expectations that go unfulfilled and then people feel hurt by it, you know. Sometimes in families there can be an uncomfortable history. Yes. Maybe even some years-long disagreement. Yes. Um, and that comes up. Is it is it something, it's just the elephant in the room and we avoid it, or should we... You know, when do you know to address it head on versus it's not worth addressing head on? (laughs) What do you recommend with those kind of dynamics? That's a great question. Um, I personally, I mean, everyone's family is different, but I personally would recommend, you know, the holidays not being that time when we're going to take on, you know, this massive topic that's been kind of sitting there or brewing or 
is an old wound, you know, in a family. Um, again, kind of how you hear people talk about, like, let's not bring up politics, right? Because everybody's kind of across the board. It can just be a, a touchy thing. So um, I think that is, again, kind of going back to, like, there's going to be these things that we revert back to maybe, you know, history in relationships with people in our family. And, like, how do we find a way to just be present with them and kind of have a goal for like that day or for that time together and know that like, Hey, if something comes up and it really needs to be addressed, can we put a pause on this and and come back and talk about it? You know, can we say, Hey, could we talk like next week or could we like revisit this? Cause a lot of times people are just wanting to be validated that their feelings matter, you know, that they're noticed by their family member or their, or their, you know, um, loved one. And so I think sometimes we just have to kind of know, hey, can I validate that I notice this is coming up between us? But like, can we not, can we not have that discussion now? You know, because it's, it's general, it's, it's not going to usually lead to a a productive outcome in that moment on Thanksgiving Yeah, that's Day. true. That's absolutely true. You know, I know we're going down to South Carolina next week for Thanksgiving, where my wife's from. We just built a a cottage like a second home down there on some family land that Dee Dee has with her family and so we're excited we're hosting a party on saturday morning it's like a drop-in party and there's already tension with the sister-in-law because that day is her daughter's birthday but this is in the morning i don't know it just it just people have it it's funny how family we get these preconceived notions that things have to be a certain way yeah and then when it when it's not that way and there's not open communication people just get so sideways yeah it's just holy cow yeah um tell you what we're visiting with april ella she is with ebenezer counseling in knoxville and we're talking about some of the stresses and and and, uh, family dynamics and all the things in the holidays a lot of great things in the holidays how can we handle stress and cope uh and prepare for that so uh, we'll have more with april when we come back you're listening to more living with jim brogan right here on news talk 98.7 woki Welcome back to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm Jim Brogan, and we're talking about the upcoming holidays. It'll be awesome, but it also can lead to a lot of stress. Family dynamics can be challenging. We're visiting with April Ella. She is with Ebenezer Counseling in Knoxville. And we're talking about some of the challenges that we get into, especially with dealing with different families and, and different relationships and dynamics. And April... Um, talk a little bit about boundaries. You know, what are the types of situations that warrant having boundaries, and are those different for every person? Can be different. I mean, I think boundaries are very, very important, but it's hard to do that, especially if you haven't done that all the time. Yeah, you know, boundaries are something that I think it's kind of like a hot button word. I feel like people see boundaries as being a negative thing, but really, you know, I I talk to my clients about, you know, boundaries is really a way that we show people how to care for us. It's basically, you know, letting people know this is kind of what I need, Um, whether or not they can respect that, or it may take a little bit of time for them to adjust to that. You know, that's, you know, may take some time, but, but really I think boundaries are always, there's really not a time when they're not you know, okay to have. It just kind of depends on what it is that you're 
needing and they can it can feel really big but boundaries can be really small you know it can just be something simple as like you know we can't make it until this time you know and it may be mom's not okay with that but you it's like well this is just kind of how it is you know like we'll be here yeah boundaries i don't think boundaries are i don't i don't they don't i mean when i hear that word i don't think of bad things i think of very very productive good things if they're handled properly yes yes i think a lot of times because it can feel uncomfortable for people to be told like no or to be told hey this is kind of what we want to do or our little family has decided to do this or um hey this is what we're doing and this person doesn't like that you know whatever it may be it's just kind of a, an adjustment for you know, the other party, if they aren't good at receiving them, because a lot of people are not good at receiving a boundary. They might take it personal. They may think, well, why are they not flexible for me? Or, you know, why is this not accommodating to me in some way? So I think boundaries are always okay. I think it's just deciding what you may need in that moment, what's happening in that, you know, specific relationship that feels like, hey, like this is what I need. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned, um, April, about saying no. You know, this time of year, there's a lot of people-pleasing that we feel like we need to do. You know, we feel obligated to exchange gifts or attend a party. You don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Talk about the balance between when we're oblig- we are we almost feel obligated to do everything versus just saying no some. Yeah, that's a, it is, that is a really, it is a hard one, Tim. Um, I think... You I've been know. asking. I've been asking you tough questions. Haven't <laughs> no, no, not at all. I'm just. I think that's hard for everybody. Is what I'm saying. You know, especially when we love giving or doing or having fun. It, it's, it's, I think in this society, a lot of times we have a hard time saying no. Yes. And, well, I, I mean, I, my wife and I have. We have friends that have. Yeah. I mean, it just. Again, every every activity, every season, every year is different. I think just gauging where you are at that stage and that time in life. Um, I think, I I think of a quote, I don't know who it's by, but it talks about, you know, it's a lot easier to say no, when I remember the things I've said yes to, because the things that we say yes to, we really know that we want to do kind of being intentional about our yeses. So when we do say no, we don't feel as, as obligated, you know, we, we know this is the right time to say no. Um, and you know, we can always go back later and assess and go, well, you know, could I have done that? Maybe, but you know, it, it worked in the moment. I know that I couldn't take that on at that time. And, and everybody, you know, there, here's the thing. There's always somebody else willing to step in and say yes, or willing to go to the party and tell you how the party went and everything continued on. Okay. So it's interesting when you start, um, you know, we have two girls that are uh, young adults, 23 and 18. And so this is the first year where all of a sudden we've got boyfriends being introduced into the equation. My 23-year-old has moved to New Zealand for a year or two, and she's pursuing her MBA, and she's dating a guy there. And he's coming here for Thanksgiving. And then my 18-year-old's also dating a guy. She's a senior in high school. He's going to come down the day after Thanksgiving. And, of course, from my vantage point, I'm glad to have a, a little bit of testosterone around because <laughs> it's always been me and my wife and my two daughters, and we have a female cat and two female dogs, so I'm glad to have some testosterone. But but one thing I'm thinking about, we talked about mentally preparing. i got to be careful 
as I mentioned, I kind of tend to have a little bit of that Clark Griswold in me, want things to be perfect and, and all this. But because I'm excited. Yeah. You know, we really like these guys and are happy for our daughters. Um, you know, we don't know where all that's going to go, but we're very happy for them. Um, and I have to be careful I don't set myself up where I feel like this. we're going to have this perfect thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we're going to be introducing these two boys into my wife's whole side of the family and we just never know what that dynamic may look like mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean you, you really don't and i think that's one of those things you just kind of take it one moment at a time you know see how it goes but i think for you you know thinking about is how is this going to be perfect i mean really that's part of that thinking ahead like what is your goal you know in having them come to visit you know you just want it to be a nice time where they enjoy themselves and as a host you know you're you're bringing them in um and just kind of keeping that in mind like how do i make them feel welcome how do i make them feel Yeah, that's a great word we pour into think about pouring into other people's needs instead of focusing just on ourselves right i mean when we focus on ourselves that seems to be when we get into the biggest amount of trouble if we're just focusing on pouring into other people we don't get as frustrated. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I think you know, it's not selfish to have all these these goals and things that feel excited, like you want it to be perfect, because that's an excitement thing. But yeah, really keeping in mind, hey, what? How am I helping serve this person? How am I helping this um, contribute to this being a really enjoyable visit? So that they, you know, I can't control all of it, but the part that I do have, can I can I contribute in this way that helps it feel fun? You know. Now, according to the American Psychological Association, 38% of people surveyed says that their stress increases during the holiday season can lead to physical illness, depression, anxiety, can lead to substance misuse. So what are some of the signs of underlying causes of holiday season stress? Some of the underlying causes? Or the signs that we're dealing with that, that we may need to be a little bit more aware of that it's starting to impact us in a negative way. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously if you're having trouble sleeping, if you're noticing that you're, you know, skipping meals, um, you know, some people start just experiencing physical symptoms, you know, they might start noticing their eyes twitching a little bit or their hearts kind of racing some or um, just feeling uneasy, you know, all those things that kind of let you know, our bodies talk to us and I think, you know, they let us know when we're maybe pushing ourselves a lot further than we need to be. Um, kind of, again, take a step back, making sure that we're, you know, eating okay. We're, we're getting the rest that we need. Just the, the movement, talking to friends and, you know, people that help ground us. I think, um, it's easy to get caught up in the frenzy of, you know, thinking about buying all the presents and seeing all the people and yeah. wearing all the, you know, cute clothes and, um, yeah. For for many, the holidays can be a little bit of a time of isolation. Yeah. You know, especially if they don't have their family around. Yeah. So what, what do you recommend for someone who is feeling a little bit isolated? How can they get out of the house and get a little bit more active and, and not feel as isolated? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really, it, I know it can be hard, really difficult sometimes when people are in that place. But to really, you know, take that leap and, and reach out to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, to a friend. A lot of times, I mean, I know there's been some Thanksgivings in the past where we've had neighbors or people that we know don't have any 
family to go visit and we've just said hey come come over whoever wants to come by um, and that ended up being a really lovely time you know so um, even if you know someone that might be you know spending the holiday alone or feeling a little bit more down yeah, reach out to those people it doesn't have them, to be you know? just these four or five people it can you know it it, it feels great to give and, yes. and to open things up to people that would otherwise be isolated yes. and bless them yes i think even sometimes just the invitation just somebody knowing that you thought of them even if they say no i'm not i don't really want to come or do that um just knowing they were thought of you know and the holidays bring up so many um, emotions, you know, you've got the grief of lost loved ones. You know, it's it really is a reminder of of you know times past as well. And so, yeah, it's just kind of a moment by moment, day by day thing. And that's what I would encourage people to do is just kind of take it a moment at a time, and to you know try to put themselves out there to where they could connect with somebody, get out, take a walk. Um, you know, I would say volunteer. I, I don't want to put that pressure on, on people if they don't feel like they are capable of doing it, you know, if they're struggling. But, you know, when we volunteer, we're serving others, and that gets us out of ourselves and, folk, and, and gets us around people that have big needs. It does. And it that does. helps our perspective a lot. It really does. You know, I guess I'm thinking about just people that really might be in a pretty bad, like, clinical depression place where sure. it could feel really, um, like, too much. But I think, yeah, it's always going to help us when we give to somebody else. We're always going to get more back from that. April, if someone's having a really hard time or if we know someone that we know is having a hard time, what are some good resources or places they can reach out for help? Um, I think, you know, obviously if it's crisis, you know, there's there's places like, you know, the CSU, the Crisis Stabilization Unit, there's um, the ER, you know, there's there's resources like that. Um, as far as like just kind of coping, I mean, there's so many hotlines now that you can text. You don't even have to talk on the phone. If there's, you know, if it were to be something really um, pressing, like someone who's feeling um, suicidal, you know, there's a suicidal hotline. Um, you know, we've got all of those kind of resources at our tip, you know, literally Google, just moments away from your fingertips. So I'm thankful that there's so many, um, you know, resources like that that you can, you know, grab onto um, in, a, in, in a moment's notice. Um, and then how, how can people get hold of you at Ebenezer Counseling? Well, they can either go to uh, EbenezerCounseling.com. That that really would probably be the best way. It's got, you know, our phone number. It's got our website. You know, um, the receptionist there can connect them to me, um, to any of the therapists that we have um, on staff there. So, yeah, that would be um, amazing just to reach out. And, you know, counseling has been just kind of really flooded since COVID, to be honest. And so... Uh, in some ways, I see that as good. People are reaching out. They're they're not putting off their their mental health um, needs. But also, hey, if you're thinking, I could use this, I'd say go ahead and reach out because it's busy. And it, it may, you know, it may take a little little bit to get somebody in, but it's so worth it. It goes, that time goes by so fast. So, 
Absolutely. April Ella, Ebenezer Counseling, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. We're going to get to our next break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Catherine Vogel. She is with Mind Body Knox, and we're going to continue to talk about holiday stress. And we're going to talk about mindfulness and what that means and how it can help us in this very, very busy time of year. We'll also have our dollars and cents segment, a recent survey says that investors are more concerned about the upcoming presidential election than they are inflation. What does that mean? How should we react? Stay with us. This is More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. As you listen to News Talk 98.7 WOKI, we're talking about the upcoming holiday season, such an exciting time of year, but also can be very stressful. How do we deal with that and how do we cope with it? Uh, Before we do get back to that topic, however, it is time for dollars and cents. The 2024 presidential election is now less than a year away. Some investors are already concerned about who's going to win the election and how it affects their money. In a recent survey from Janice Henderson released just this week, 49% of investors are very concerned about the presidential election, which surpasses the portion worried about inflation, which is at 35%, and 29% are concerned about the risk of recession. So the number one concern in this survey uh, is the presidential election. Now, of those that are very concerned, the one demographic distinction that stood out the most is older investors, people approaching retirement, and are overall more concerned than younger investors. And that makes sense because I think on the one hand, number one, older investors pay more attention to what's going on. That doesn't mean younger investors don't either, but as a category of people, they do. Plus, older investors are closer to needing retirement income when their earned income is going to stop, and that puts such a pressure on the nest egg. So I think it kind of has a combination of those kinds of things. So, and you know, nobody seems to really be happy with the situations in Washington right now. And uh, with the, whichever side of the aisle you're on. And so I'm asked all the time, Jim, how does the election likely, how how could it affect my money? And the reality is when we go back and look at years and years and years of research, there's really no strong trends. If there is a trend, it's that the stock market, the, the capital markets like a divided government. That would probably be the biggest trend, more so than one party rule where the presidency and both houses of the Congress are the same. Um, But if we start trying to time our investments based on presidential cycles and Congress, it's a recipe, in my opinion, for disaster. Um, Usually, if you're a Republican and the Democrats are in charge, you have a more pessimistic view of the market and the economy. If you're a Democrat and the Republicans are in charge, you typically have a more pessimistic view. The reality is those things, that's just another form of market timing and The amount of time you're in the market is what's most important, not your timing of the market. What you should be doing is sitting down and looking at your current risk profile. When are you going to want to retire? When are you going to want to draw retirement income? How are your investments structured to be able to support that retirement income without worrying about the short-term volatility of the stock market. The one thing we do typically see in election years is a little more volatility in the market. 
Um, and I say a little more. It's not a strong thing. It's just a little more. Uh, but bottom line is markets are unpredictable. That makes them very volatile potentially. We want a longer-term plan. We want to take the consequence of short-term volatility out of the equation, which means we don't depend on those volatile investments in the short term because it's just completely unpredictable. At-risk investments are long-term investments for down the roads, 5, 8, 10, 15 years, because they're the best way or have been historically to fight inflation. So don't let, as we get closer to the election, don't let the emotion and all the things going on in the media with the presidential election affect your investment planning in a negative emotional way. Instead, sit down and review your plan, evaluate your risk profile, look at your need for income in the future, and have a good plan based on logic and not the emotion of politics. That's our Dollars and Cents segment for this week. You can find this week's Dollars and Cents segment and others by visiting BroganFinancial.com. Check us out at BroganFinancial.com. We've got a wealth of resources. Uh, You can go to BroganFinancial.com, click on resources. We also podcast all of our shows. Uh, We'll have today's show up on Tuesday afternoon, but you can catch all of our shows. Go to BroganFinancial.com and click on radio, or you can go to your, you know, Apple podcast or Spotify and type in More Living with Jim Brogan. You can pull up our podcasts. Um, Our next guest is Caroline Vogel. She is from Mind Body Knox. And she is her Master of Divinity from Harvard Divinity School. She's a national board-certified counselor and has a certificate in mindfulness-based stress reduction. Caroline, that's a mouthful. It is Mindfulness-based, mouthful. which we're going to talk about all <laughs> right, that. Right, okay? we will. We'll break it down. Uh, you've served as a parish priest in local Episcopal parishes, a palliative care chaplain at UT Medical Center and spiritual director in private practice. And you now combine your spiritual background with mindfulness to lead retreats and help individuals create balance in their lives. Now, that sounds exciting. It is exciting. It is exciting. Creating balance in our lives. Yes. So It's ever an illusion, actually. But <laughs> oh, no. So what is, strive for. So t- what is mindfulness? Mindfulness is really about learning to turn our attention to the present moment. Whether we're aware of it or not, we're oftentimes like dwelling on something from the past, whether it was a conversation we had yesterday or last year's Thanksgiving, um, or we have a a tendency to kind of project into the future. Yeah, not living in the moment. Not living in the moment. So mindfulness is about moment by moment, drawing the attention intentionally uh, back to this present moment and and just noticing it. And what I love John Kabat-Zinn says is, and do it without judgment, right? So I'm right here talking with you in this moment, and I'm not judging myself. We all have this really pretty strong inner critic. Um, some of us are more aware of it than others. And can that can that critical voice just pause and allow me to be in this moment? And maybe even find a little joy and wonder in this ah, moment. That's a great word. I, I struggle with worrying about things that I did wrong in the past yes. and things that are coming up in the future. I'm a worrier, and I've gotten better as I've aged. Yeah, good. But we absolutely, what great advice to live in the moment. Um, how 
now is mindfulness i guess it sounds like it's different than meditation or prayer but there's some similarity too that's a that's a really great uh question in that they're they're very related to one another so in meditation we're oftentimes practicing what's called formal meditation where we're sitting on a cushion or we're laying on a, a yoga mat and it's uh, we're setting our timer for 20 minutes and we're just going to be really still and very intentionally bringing our our attention back to this moment over and over and over again, as many times as it takes for that 20 minutes. But mindfulness is really about the informal practice of meditation. So no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm having a conversation with you or I'm at work or I'm hiking, um, whatever I'm doing, I'm trying to stay in the present moment. That's mindfulness. Um, Prayer I think can really be both. It can. I mean, I in, in my own spiritual journey, that when I'm closer to God, I'm more and more in a constant state of prayer. Yes. Right. So right. it is constant and ongoing. It is constant and, and ongoing. It's an ongoing dialogue. I would would say with our hearts, um, with with a loving God or a higher power or um, however you conceptualize um, your spirituality. Um, but I think that there is something to be said that remembering that. Prayer really is, like mindfulness, ongoing. Um, we, some people talk about living a life of prayer, and that's not to say that we're formally sitting in prayer all the time. It's about keeping our hearts open to staying in connection with, with a, higher, a higher power, a loving God, uh, the breath of the Spirit in every moment. Amen to that. What are some of the health benefits that come from a mindfulness practice besides just stress reduction? Great. So um, there's been a lot of research that's been done now on mindfulness-based stress reduction, or they call it MBSR. Um, and uh, Lynn Smith, who started um, Mind Body Knox with Paige Kessler, she and I both have trained with Brown University in uh, mindfulness-based stress reduction. And the studies show that it helps uh, improve people's sleep. It improves um Depression improves anxiety um, and and a a host of dealing with um, chronic pain. Uh, Those are the four main things that research has shown. uh, But the research is ongoing and continues to show all kinds of health benefits um, in terms of um, better cholesterol and um, uh, better uh, heart rates and blood pressure. Yeah, that's what I think when I start thinking about stress reduction. Um. That's interesting on mindfulness um, or living in the moment that that would help even, um, oh, there was something you said there, Caroline, and I lost my train of thought there. Um, Oh, you said it could help with chronic pain. Oh, yes. Yes. John Kabat-Zinn, actually, who created uh, MBSR, the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, this is actually a really fascinating story. He went to the University of uh, Massachusetts and um, went to all the physicians and said, listen, the, the patients you can't figure out, like you can't crack the code, send them to me. And so many of them from all the different specialties was about chronic pain, that they just couldn't get their patients to manage their chronic pain in a way that helped them, um, where they were feeling satisfied with a decrease of pain. And so he created this eight-week class of of MBSR to help people reduce their pain. And 
again, I don't totally understand all the science of it, so I can't outline it for you um, in this moment. But there is something to be said for when we can stay in the present moment and stay with our body, stay with our breath, then we, we take away that suffering element, which is we tend to start telling a story about the pain. That's when suffering comes in, and that huh. makes our pain grow. Yeah, and that, that shows also the connection in between our physical, between our mind and, and the body. And, and how much, and yeah, and how powerful that is. Uh, that's uh, Caroline Vogel. We're talking about stressors in the holiday season. When we come back, we'll have more tips on how to handle what can be a very stressful time. So stay with us. This is More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. This is More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm Jim Brogan, and we're talking about the upcoming holiday season. It's such an exciting time, but it can be stressful as well. Uh, Earlier, we visited with April Ella with Ebenezer Counseling, and now we're visiting with Caroline Vogel, and she is with Mind Body Knox. And we're talking about mindfulness. Uh, Caroline, it seems impossible sometimes to tune out all the noise. You know, we got these big to-do lists. Yeah. We pulled in so many diff- different different directions, and we can't imagine creating a space or finding time to take care of ourselves. So, how do we incorporate mindfulness te- techniques into our lives? Right. So, I think it's it's really about what we talked about a few moments ago about bringing your attention to the present moment. And I I so appreciate how you talked about being a Griswold, right? And you want it to be perfect, <laughs> a Clark, and then Clark, and <laughs> And once you get to that cabin, that beautiful cabin with your wife and your girls and the boyfriends, can you allow yourself to just be in that moment? And so when you notice... That's a great word. Yeah. So when you notice that your mind's going to, oh, it should be like this, or you can feel that little anxiousness in your chest going, ooh, I kind of wish things were going like this. Can you go back and say, wait a minute, let me take a deep breath. And just come back to the moment just as it is. And like, let me look my wife in the eye and just smile at her, right? Let me take in this moment and be like, I am here in this beautiful cabin with my sweet girls yeah. and their happy boyfriends. Like, whoa. Just enjoy the moment. Just enjoy the moment. And it drops you down into your heart space. And don't worry about what's coming next. No, because this moment's enough. In fact, it's usually more than enough. It is. Yeah, and so that. in that deep heart space, instead of your head, right? You, in that heart space, you have a natural, oftentimes, sense of gratitude. Like, well, regardless of how perfect or imperfect it is, I'm just grateful to be here with them. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's a great word. Um, why do you think we take these external stressors and internalize them so much, especially during the holiday season? Well, I, I think that that's a great question, and I appreciate it being asked simply because even in asking the question, it brings it to our consciousness. Oftentimes, we move so fast through the holidays. I mean, most of us work full-time, and then we add all these extra parties and get-togethers. I'm an introvert. So, you know, you throw me into all these extra things, and I'm buzzing, and it's not a good thing, right? So I have to really say, okay, December can be wild because there's all these extra things going on, but I know what I really need is some calm and quiet to recharge my batteries. So then in the places where I do show up, I actually am showing up. I'm not just kind of a shell of a person <laughs> kind of moving around these things. I want to take in my children um, this time of year. But when we move so fast, 
we don't even check our expectations. And one of the things that April was talking about that I really appreciated was setting a goal. And so goals are clarifying. If I have a goal that, okay, my biggest goal for this holiday season is that when I'm with my family, I'm going to be 100% there. That means I cannot say yes to all these extra different things. Because the yeses I say yes to, I want to really say yes. So I'm fully Fully, there. But then I have to, like your question, I have to then check my expectation. Okay, well, my mother's expectation may be that I go to everything. But I have to check it against my own expectation, my goal of, okay, but I said what I'm going to do is to show up and be really present with my kids. So, okay, I can't meet everybody's expectations. I have to stay really grounded in my own. And that can be really hard to do yeah. for reasons that, that you and April addressed earlier in the hour. Sure. It's interesting. You mentioned you're an introvert. Oh, yes. Um, I'm an extrovert. Okay. And as I've gotten older, though, I have realized I've got to take more time for myself. Yes. But But as an extrovert who's energized by people, it's important to remind myself you can't just go, 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 go. There's a, t- there's a point where you could just... That's right. Give out That's right. with the stress. So it's important to balance. If I know I'm a certain way and I'm a wi- I'm wired with people, I still can't just do nothing but be with people all the time. That's great awareness. That's great awareness. Because I think, um, right, extroverts, it can be really hard in that you always do want to be with people and you're fed by it. And so you think more is better. So I appreciate that awareness of, okay, even though I'm an extrovert, I still need to recharge my batteries. I still need to like check my own expectations, which requires a little bit of time of reflection, which typically people need a little bit of alone time to do that. Caroline, where can people go to learn more about creating a mindfulness practice or maybe attend a retreat or a learning session on mindfulness? Oh, beautiful. So Lynn Smith and I are going to be teaching a MBSR class together starting in January. Um, And again, MBSR, mindful-based stress reduction. That's it. You got it. Um, And it's going to be hybrid. So people can be with us in the studio at MindBodyKnox on Thursday evenings, or people can be hybrid. Um, To get through the holidays, I have some um, meditations on my website, so carolinevogel.com. And I'm also going to be doing some live meditations on insight timer which is an app uh in which of course all their meditations are free so there's lots and lots of really good resources out there um and so i i really appreciate people wanting to find some healthy ways to deal with stress during the holidays yeah, absolutely so carolinevogel.com and that's v-o-g-e-l that's it carolinevogel.com well april and caroline thank you so much for being with us it's been great hearing about how we can manage these holidays yes great and good luck clark exactly today we've discussed what can be great but also stressful because a greater fellowship and sense of community leads to more living so you can live the best years of your life your way thank you for tuning in to more living here on news talk 98.7 woki